Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. With every episode, I, along with frequent guests and experts, will answer a letter from listeners just like you who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stick around until the end for recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this very first episode of 2024 of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the women with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And this new year of Dear Wallflower, I'll be focusing on having a wide variety of guests to speak into the letters. And I'm so excited to dive into those episodes as the year goes on. And so this year, we'll be making a small change in that we will be releasing a podcast every other week because the questions you have sent in are meaningful and deep and deserve equally meaningful and deep answers. And so to give myself and my amazing guests even more time to reflect on and to address these questions in depth in a way that can offer you more insightful, connective, substantive advice, we will be releasing one episode every two weeks. And as for the episodes where I don't have a guest on, like today... I will be flying solo. I have absolutely adored having Jessica with me over the last year of this podcast, and it was such a blessing to walk through the journey of beginning a podcast and finding my podcasting legs with her. And now Jessica is pursuing some of her own projects, which I'm going to be very excited to tell you about when the time comes. So without further ado, let's get into this very first episode of 2024. So I will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into the pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where I will recount the highs and lows of this week, starting with the thorn, something that left me feeling depleted, frustrated, Uh, finishing off with my rose, something that fostered my inner world or brought me joy or built me up. And the purpose of recounting my roses and thorns is not just for you to get to know your host a little bit better, but It's also meant to serve as an inspiration for you, too, to be thinking through your own roses and thorns, because I have found in my own personal experience that reflecting back on the various joys and difficulties that each new week or even each new day has brought me has allowed me to approach a new day with a posture that is ready to soak up whatever joy comes my way and that's able to handle whatever hardships come my way. And as the Psalms encourage us to Um, cultivate a sturdier joy that is able to withstand the inevitable issues that will present themselves. And so as I'm recounting my own roses and thorns, I encourage you to reflect about your very own roses and thorns. So as for my thorn this week, uh, this time it's nothing major, but while cooking breakfast this morning, I dropped a nearly full carton of eggs. (laughs) So sometimes thorns are not anything that terrible, but more annoying than anything else. But this is just one more thing that's added to my to-do list this week. So that's my little thorn. But as for my rose, 
um, after a couple of months of kind of a, a different schedule than normal, um, my we are both finally back in LA. My husband is back after being gone for a month and a half. And so we're sinking back into our rhythms because, uh, so at the very end of last year, my husband, Nathan had gone off on a work trip for a couple of weeks. And then we had met up in Colorado for Christmas, spent the holidays there. And then while we were there, he actually booked two, what they call principal roles, which are speaking roles on uh, two different TV shows back in New York. And first of all, just booking one speaking role is a big enough deal uh, for an actor, but booking two in one week is absolutely unheard of. And so that in itself was was a rose. But it's been incredible to finally have him back here with me. And now we're just sinking into our everyday and back into our normal rhythms, which is really welcome at this point after a couple of months of, of not so normal living. And um, and we have cultivated an everyday that I, that I really love. And so that is my rose this week. All right. So just a couple of things before I move on to letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. Make sure to share with a friend, and I would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. I would be honored to have the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. And last thing before I go to the letter, I promise I'll get to it right after this. Um, I wanted to make sure that all of you get your copy of The Wallflower Journal, a guided journal for the woman who desires to deepen her inner world. It is a journal, a guided journal that has 100 days of deep probing questions, uh, quotes from deep thinkers, authors, beloved literary characters, and the, the questions are uh, designed to guide you through um, reflection, deep reflection about life, hope, dreams, God, relationships, and so much more. And so I've been getting such wonderful feedback from other listeners and readers of Wallflower, which means the absolute world to me. And so I hope that you will go ahead and grab your own copy and that it will bless you. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of deciding between taking the leap to pursue a dream or choosing to stick with what you already have. Dear Wallflower, I am writing to you because I'm at a crossroads in my life. I am currently at a job that I don't really enjoy. I'm not passionate about it in any sense. Rather than feeling accomplished or useful at the end of a long day, I feel drained and purposeless. When I imagine myself in 20 years' time, I get depressed thinking about still being at this job or even another one like it. Recently, I've been thinking about switching gears completely to pursue a dream I've always had of becoming a writer. I know how many other girls want to be writers, but I've always felt drawn to writing, especially fiction. And I often found my, find myself daydreaming about different stories I could write. I just don't know that it's wise to jump into a new career that is so unpredictable when I have a perfectly stable life already, just one that I feel no passion for. What should I do? Stick with what I have and choose to be okay or take the leap? Signed, a wannabe writer. So I think... The beginning of a new year will always bring around these kinds of thoughts, right? This is a really wonderful question, and I think it's a lot of it's one that a lot of us have pondered many times. Should 
we take a leap of faith, take a chance on that lifelong dream of ours that we don't yet have, but wonder if we could maybe have, or should we stay with what we already know and what we know for a fact that we already have? And obviously, I don't know the ins and the outs of our writer's life, so I can't definitively say which way to go. But what I can say, and I can speak from personal experience here, if we have a lasting desire or dream for doing something with our lives, then God has given us that desire. He designed us with it. And so once we zero in on and understand that desire that God has given us, it's up to us to figure out how to healthfully and wisely pursue this dream. When I was younger, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I honestly had no idea. I knew that I loved acting. I had a love for writing as well, just like our writer today. But, And this is what our writer expressed in her letter. I didn't really know if it was possible at all to pursue these dreams on any remarkable scale. They seemed far, far off and scary and unstable. But I really, really wanted to do something incredible. I wanted to do something great and meaningful and something that I was passionate about with my life. And so I held on to these dreams in my heart for a very long time, and I didn't really fully pursue them, but I also just never let them go because there was something in me that couldn't. But for many years, I distracted myself with other occupations like our writer that felt draining and purposeless to me. And I remember the sleepless nights and the depression that I would feel thinking about my life in 20 years, just like our writer expressed, wondering if I was going to regret not taking that leap. And I remember going to acting classes, and this is what was so confusing to me, because I, I would go to these acting classes, and in the moments when I was on stage acting out a scene or monologue, this is going to sound a little bit silly, but I felt like I was flying. I was so full of joy and excitement. And it was just a feeling that I never got anywhere else. I loved it. And so I would be in class feeling these wonderful things, but then wondering, but how do I go from this little room, this little stage, and onto a real movie set? How do I get from here, the place where I am, to where I want to be? It, it felt so far. Should I keep trying? Is it too difficult, too hard to get there? Are the the odds too small and against me. But eventually, as I came to meet and know God and surround myself with others who were also dreamers, I discovered that through the way I chose to spend my life, I would be telling a story. I began to understand that it really did matter whether I listened to the call that I felt because I was created with that desire. And so I slowly saw that there was, there was a deep purpose behind the passions that I had and the skills that I felt I had. And they weren't just things that I liked to do. They were why I was put here in the first place. So for me, contextualizing the things that I loved to do this way helped me feel not just inspired to pursue these dreams, but called to pursue them because I felt I wouldn't be living into my design otherwise. I wouldn't be living into the fullness of who I could become. So this was the motor that really kept me going. And that doesn't mean it's never been difficult to pursue a different kind of life, one that's less linear and predictable. 
it definitely comes with its own hardships. But fast forward to today, I've stepped into a life that feels meaningful even when it is inevitably hard. And this brings to mind a book that I'm sure many of you listening have read, but if you haven't, I'm excited to be able to introduce you to it. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and it's pretty relevant to what we're talking about here, which is the tension between following our dreams and sticking with what we know. And this book has become a favorite among Christian creatives because it essentially acts as a self-help sort of book. It encourages those with an artistic heart and mind to basically recover the artistry and the creativity that they have deep within them that um, through the many trials of life or simply getting older and focusing on things like making money rather than entertaining, you know, our supposedly childish dreams any longer, that it's become hidden. And so this book has helped a lot of artists to reclaim their creativity and it's helped them foster it and water it and grow it once again. And so, of course, the book is filled with all kinds of quotes that I think um, might really speak to our writer today as well as anyone else listening who's dealing with a similar question. So here's one quote that I will read for you all today. Most of us are not raised to actively encounter our destiny. We may not know that we have one. As children, we are seldom told we have a place in life that is uniquely ours alone. Instead, we are encouraged to believe that our life should somehow fulfill the expectations of others that we will or should find our satisfactions as they have found theirs. Rather than being taught to ask ourselves who we are, we are schooled to ask others. We are, in effect, trained to listen to others' versions of ourselves. We are brought up in our life as told to us by someone else. When we survey our lives, seeking to fulfill our creativity, we often see we had a dream that went glimmering because we believed, and those around us believed, that the dream was beyond our reach. Many of us would have been, or at least might have been, done, tried something, if we had known who we really were. So this quote really highlights our tendency to allow others, and even just culture, to perhaps have too much authority over our understanding of who we are and who we were created to be. And what that, what that looks like if, it, if we were to live into our purpose. And um, too often, rather than pursuing the heart, the, th the thing that we know that we have in our heart, that we are passionate about, the thing that no one told us to be passionate about, and yet we still have this burning desire to do that thing, we will instead listen to what we ought to do. So again, while I don't know much about our writer's life, what I'm advocating for here is pursuing the things that you are naturally passionate about, that no one had to tell you to be passionate about, and that you are very skilled at. But this opens up a whole new question, which is, if we do decide to switch gears, how do we do that wisely? First, I have touched on this very lightly just now, it's important that we are not only following our dreams, but we are also following our skill set. So if we genuinely find that we are gifted at the thing that we want to do, if we hear from others and unbiased sources that we are good at this, that we are gifted, if we've seen natural blessing from it, then I think we can see this as some kind of confirmation that we do have this particular skill, that we aren't barking up the wrong tree. So genuinely ask yourself, do I have a skill here? Second, we can approach our pursuits with healthy expectations. 
And I don't want to say managed expectations because I think that can have a negative connotation, but healthy expectations will get across what I'm trying to say here, which is that choosing a life that isn't linear is hard. There have been many times when I myself have felt like I am just pounding the pavement, doing all of the right things, and I'm either barely getting anything in return or I'm getting absolutely nowhere. That's how it feels. You know, would I love to be a, an award-winning um, actress or a New York Times bestseller? Of course, but this can't be the sole reason that I pursue these dreams. There has to be another motivating factor when we choose careers that are less predictable and less sure. So before we choose this path, we have to ask ourselves, what are my motivations here? Would I be okay with achieving this instead of this? Um, there will be seasons in which we feel like what we're getting doesn't match the effort that we're putting in. Whatever we choose to build will take time, but it's also not just going to take time. It's also going to take dedication, devotion, and discipline. It will not feel easy or simple. And so this also means seeing our dreams as something more than just an abstract passion. It means seeing it as work to become excellent in a craft to learn and master and understanding that anything worthwhile will take investment on our end. And I think it's also wise to surround ourselves with people who can speak into our lives, who might have similar desires and passions, who are either further down the line or right there with us in a similar season, because choosing this kind of life can be really lonely. There have been so many times when I have felt kind of separated from others who might not understand my path or my choices, who simply have different desires out of life and different priorities. And what I've found is that if you're pursuing a more artistic line of work or just a less linear line of work, it's so crucial to have other artistic people around you who both inspire you and have a deep understanding of your motivation in life and the unique challenges that you face. And so before I move into wrapping all this up, I wanted to read a quote uh, that I found from a beloved author. Madeline Langle wrote A Wrinkle in Time and has for me personally been a great source of inspiration and encouragement over the last few years, especially as an artistic believer who desires to create things that are good and beautiful and true. So she um, she also wrote a book, before I get into the book, she also wrote a book called Walking on Water, which is all about what it really means to be Christian artists and how as a creative, your art can intersect with your faith and how as believers, we are called to make um, excellent art, which I think is really wonderful reading material for all creatives and believers. But last thing before I get into reading the quote, Madeline Langle had a very interesting journey to becoming the, the beloved author and the bestseller that we know her to be today. Um, when she was first looking to get A Wrinkle in Time published, she was rejected by 26 different publishers before she was finally able to get it published. So wherever you are today, just allow that to encourage you. Um, anyway, this quote is specifically geared towards writers. So with the subject matter at hand, I, I just had to include it today. She says, I have advice for people who want to write. I don't care whether there are five or 500. There are three things that are most important. First, if you want to write, you need to keep an honest, 
unpublishable journal that nobody reads, nobody but you, where you just put down what you think about life, what you think about things, and what you think is fair and what you think is unfair. And second, you need to read. You can't be a writer if you're not a reader. It's the great writers who teach us how to write. The third thing is to write. Just write a little bit every day, even if it's only for half an hour. Write, write, write. So to wrap all this up, ultimately, what I am advocating for here is to look before you leap, meaning weigh whether this is a wise leap to make based off of your skills and your motivations, and then leap. Leap wisely. I hope that I was able to offer something of worth to our writer today and anyone else listening who might be in a similar predicament. And thank you again for sending in this wonderful question. All right, it is time for the May Suggest segment of the podcast, where I will suggest to you something that I have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made me happy to be alive and made life all the more beautiful. Everything suggested will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So my suggestion this week, um, if you're anything like me, there is something about having your nails done that makes you feel like you can take on the world. It makes me feel put together on top of my life. Um, Also, just more beautiful. And that's just a nice thing to feel. I feel very put together and feminine and and lovely. And so my suggestion this week is a red nail polish. The brand is OPI in the shade Malaga Wine because, in my opinion, there's just nothing more beautiful than a deep, dark red nail polish. I love nail polishes of all shades, but that's by far my favorite one. So if you have been thinking about taking some time to do something special for yourself, I suggest getting a bottle of this nail polish and turning on a podcast or an audiobook, turning on music maybe, and taking five, ten minutes to go ahead and put this nail polish on. I promise you, you will not regret it. All right. Well, that is the episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal for articles about relationships, beauty recipes, personal stories, and so much more. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you would like answered, you can send your letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter read will be kept totally anonymous. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.